The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So let's start. Without John Gibbons tonight, we're going to meet the Minister for Agriculture, Food and Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, who today issued a statement claiming real and tangible progress being made by farmers and the agri-food chain to achieve climate action plan targets. Tell us about this, Minister, please. Yeah, good, good evening, Matt, and thanks for having me on. And uh, it's really good to be actually talking about the, uh, the actions that farmers actually are taking at farm level and the great work that is underway and has been underway for a period of time because when farmers set a target for something when a target is collectively agreed, uh, farm families always work hard to actually try and make sure that we achieve that. And what we're seeing right now um, across the country and what's been happening for the last few years and what's uh, quickly gathering momentum as well is collective effort to actually make Irish farming, which is already very sustainable, even more sustainable in the time ahead and indeed to take steps that will actually see emissions reductions over the next few years as well. As you know, agriculture's target as part of the economy, reaching a 51% emissions reduction by 2030, is a 25% reduction. And uh, across a number of sectors within the agriculture, at farm level, farmers are taking steps which are going about achieving that. And so, for example, as as a key headline, a couple of key achievements over the last two years has been we've seen a 15% reduction in the use of chemical fertilizer last year and that has been backed up by a further 17% reduction in the use of chemical fertilizer this year and that's just one aspect and reflection of the hard work that's ongoing and the, the progress that's being made by family farmers across this country. And yet the agricultural sector is responsible for how much of our national greenhouse gas emissions? Um, about 37, 38% roughly of our overall national emissions profile would be coming from agriculture. We'd be quite unique in that context because we don't internationally in terms of developed countries because we don't have the same industrial base here in Ireland. Uh, we're similar probably internationally in terms of developed countries only really to New Zealand in that regard. Um, but in terms of the... Uh, so we, while agriculture is a higher part of our national emissions, when you look at and how uh, efficient Irish agriculture is from the point of view of the amount of food that's produced for that actually we're, we're, we are quite sustainable but of course what we need to do is continue to build on that because the... But, sorry Minister isn't it the case though that we actually increased the size of our cattle herd over the last year and increased milk output and that the fall in the amount of emissions was just 1.2% uh, No, our, our, our cattle herd has stabilised the last few years uh, milk production is uh, will actually probably be down about one percent, one to two percent this year. It was quite stable last year, um, but what we've done over the last number of years actually is we've seen it, particularly over the last the, the decade before this, we've seen a significant increase in our, our dairy herd in particular as a result of the removal of milk quotas and a number of uh, transitions into dairying as well. But overall, we saw an increase in relation to our cattle herd. But despite that, we've actually seen stable and indeed now reducing emissions and that's because farmers are becoming are taking steps at farm level which are bringing about emissions reductions and that's happening on an ongoing basis and we're going to see that with the work that's ongoing significantly gather momentum as the decade goes on and then we're looking then in terms of many of the schemes we've put in place and I've started uh, and opened many new schemes this year Matt as part of the new common agricultural policy and putting significant investment into farm at farm levels particularly for example into breeding uh, many farmers taking place in the new suckler carbon efficiency program, which is aimed at our beef and sucker herd. And through that, farmers are becoming um, reducing the carbon and the emissions footprint of the beef herd while maintaining productivity. And that's something we're seeing right across the agri-food sector. We're now we're, we're below our 2018 baseline, which the, all of the economy is uh, measured towards um, or measured against. We've seen a one and a half percent reduction in our emissions last year, 
I'm confident we're building that this year. Yeah, but when will you get to 25%? You have to get to well, 25% by do. the end of the decade. Is that possible at this pace? It, it is possible. It, it's going to be a stretch, but it is possible. And through many of the measures we're taking, this, the, the benefit of them will grow and uh, um, be cumulative over the course of the decade as, as we go ahead. The important thing is we're seeing um, uh, the direction go, in the, go the right way. Uh, we're seeing emissions reduce. And then with the steps that farmers are taking, um, there's, we, we, we will see that built upon. So like, if you look at what's happening at farm level in terms of farmers, um, adopting more clover and changing the type of grasses we grow, for example, more clover, more multi-species sward in, in grassland, and that's something I have schemes in place to support them in doing. Also, the widespread adopt, adoption as well of soil sampling to make sure that uh, there's a very uh, clear sampling, scientific sampling of what's happening in the soil so that only the, the correct uh, application of nutrients happens then in relation to making sure that it's optimal. Um, and also then the adoption of liming as well and the increased adoption of that. All measures which I've put in place schemes to support them, uh, support farm families to, to, to adopt, but which there's a very, very strong uptake of. And that's, going, that's leading then to the reduction we're seeing in chemical fertilizer. And also then in terms of how we use organic manure, a very, very significant um, uh, intensification in relation to making sure that that's efficiently used, um, applied at the right time of year, and making sure that it's, it's, it's growing grass as effectively as possible and in the process as well, displacing the need for chemical fertilizer. So massive work ongoing. Farmers are very much up for this. Uh, they're very serious about working towards making sure we meet that. So are they? Are, are they? Do they feel that they've been forced into it by you and also by Brussels to do things that they believe are not necessary or that will cost them a lot of money in reducing their output? Well, they, they, they are very much up for it and they're, they're taking it very seriously and, and all of these measures, like it's no small it's no small achievement last year to reduce fertilizer by 15% and then to build on that this year by, by, by reducing it by another 17%. It's no small achievement, the adoption and the evolution that's happening at farm level in relation to how we grow grass and indeed how we, how we breed cattle. So farmers are very serious about this. They do feel pressured and uh, in relation to the narrative around this. They do feel that there isn't due recognition of the real hard work that's ongoing and indeed the progress that's happening and that that's certainly the case and that's something we have to work to address and that's why it's important, particularly, for example, when I was giving my annual update to the, the Climate Action Committee last week, that uh, coming out of that, we have a real focus on what is actually happening in farm level and that we continue to build that momentum and indeed recognise the massive work the farmers are doing because, of course, it's particularly important to our national emissions profile given that agriculture does have that... Uh, you know, that high, you quote the 51%. You quote 51% reduction in emissions by 2013. In reality, that's not going to happen. I mean, the EPA has said the very best that could be done at this stage is 29%, and that means an awful lot of things to go right between now and 2030. So why don't you just give up on this idea of the 51% and talk realistically instead? No, there's no doubt, Matt, it's, it's, it's a very difficult and, and, and surreal stretch target. Um, but what the EPA and the EPA are holding all of our feet to the fire in relation to, obviously, the accurate uh, accounting of, of how that is evolving. They, they're only including uh, steps and measures which actually are being stepped out and which are verifiable, and they keep reporting on that progress. But this is a big, big undertaking uh, that we have, we, have, we have emerged upon. It's really necessary. We, we all see it. Every, you know, the frequency of the weather events, it's impacting at our climate here, but it's having an even more acute and more climate vulnerable countries. So the onus is in all of us um, to step it out and work hard to do the very best we can. That's happening in agriculture, it's happening within each farm 
across the country and it's important that it happens across all of society and within each sector of our economy Okay, too. but I just want to clarify with you, you're saying that the reason our percentage for agriculture in this country is so high is because we do more of it than other countries and we've less of an industrial base producing other emissions, is that your argument? Yeah, that's a very, that, that's the biggest part of it Matt, yeah. Okay, and a couple of things, Lister, Donald McCroom says I've more clover growing in my back garden than I've seen in all the farms in my area and another listener says the reason that fertiliser use is down is because of price. It's been too expensive to buy recently and the suggestion is if the price comes down, the use will go back up again. No, that it has been a factor. It was certainly a factor last year because fertiliser prices were unprecedentedly high last year and that definitely was a factor. But we've seen fertiliser prices come down very significantly this year. But despite that, we've not, we haven't seen any increase in the use of chemical fertiliser. In fact, we've seen a similar decrease again. It's, there's a real transition going on at farm level. That gentleman that put in the comment there is obviously not seeing it, but he needs to get out and about a bit more and into and behind a lot more farm gates because they see farmers have you know are the fastest uh, at evolving uh, methods of, of of farming in any sector of society. That's happening at the moment. We need to recognise it more. It needs to be uh, acknowledged more. But we, and really importantly, we need to continue with that. And in doing so. Continue okay. that massively important role, Matt, which farmers, we're asking farmers to do, of continuing to produce food, because that's more important than ever, and going to be more important than ever in the years ahead, but reducing the emissions footprint of how we go about doing well, it. Well, one last time. thing. There was a report a few weeks ago that B- BSE had interrupted the re- resumption of the supply of beef to China. Has that issue been sorted out? Because a lot of people would say, well, why should it be sorted out? What's the point of the carbon footprint of sending beef to China? Well, it's really, we're amongst the most efficient producers of beef anywhere in the world. And actually, we're quite unique in that our animals graze in the fields and they're, they're based, or it's based off grass. Indeed, just in the last week, we've got a PGI, or Protected Geographical Indicator, um, recognition at EU level of Irish grass. But then isn't the benefit of that wasted if you send it off to China because of the air miles involved? No, 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 it's not. I mean, we have many parts of the world um, that want to eat beef. It's really important that a really efficient producer and sustainable producer of it, such as ourselves, that we're willing to, to supply that. For example, I was in South Korea um, just four, four weeks ago. South Korea is a country that is the same size as Ireland in terms of its land mass, but 70% of the country is either other, under mountain or, 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 or forest. But, but um, despite being the same size as us, uh, they actually have a population of 51 million people. So they need to get food from different parts of the world um, in order to actually feed their population. And many other countries are the same as, the same as that. They haven't the capacity to produce food in the way that we do here in Ireland. So it's really important to work our farmers across this country doing producing that food, that we keep doing it, that we keep supplying it to people across the world. Uh, that need it and that depend on countries like ourselves to actually produce it. But we continue as well in the really important sustainability journey of making us um, uh, even more sustainable and continuing okay. to keep us a, a world leading in relation to how we do our, do agriculture. Okay, Charlie McConnell, Minister for Agriculture, Food and Marine, thank you very much for joining us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.